Watson. We are going to start with another god-awful story. So keep a puppy kitten, puppy kitten, a puppy kitten video works. I was going to say a puppy or a kitten video, but there's a video with a puppy and a kitten in it that will work better. It's probably for the best. Yeah. And this one is sort of kind of like the Army Hammer story. Because when that all that came out, some were saying, you know, don't kink shame him. Right. When clearly the accusations are far from kink, they're straight up abuse. And this story is about Marilyn Manson. And when it's it came out, some were like, you know, well, he's a weirdo. And there's a difference between a weirdo and an abuser. Oh, and, like, yeah. I think that we can all agree that, like, a lot of people have a tolerance for weird but there should be a zero tolerance for abuse. Yes, like, I'm a weirdo, but I don't beat women. A good position to have. Yeah, but allegedly Marilyn Manson is not. So Evan Rachel Wood named Marilyn Manson as her abuser on Instagram this week. So let me give you a little backstory first. Evan and Marilyn Manson, whose real name is Brian Warner... They went public as a couple in 2007 when she was 19 and he was 38. Um, They got engaged in 2010 and broke up for good seven months later. So in 2019, nine nine years after she broke up with Marilyn Manson, Evan testified in front of the California State Senate in a hearing about extending the statute of limitations on domestic abuse. While testifying, Evans said she's a survivor of domestic abuse and sexual assault and that her abuser cut her off from her family and friends, controlled her, was jealous, broke her down through starvation and sleep deprivation, and physically abused her. I won't get into the details, but they're horrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Evans said she was fearful for her life, and whenever she tried to leave him, he'd call her house over and over again. At that time, it didn't take Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code to figure out who she was probably talking about. To be to be fair, Michael, I had no idea. You didn't? I, no. It, 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 this is a shock. To, no, this is a shock to me when it she was? named... Yeah, and I feel like a dum-dum because, like, you're saying it. A lot of people online were saying, like, of course it was Marilyn Manson. And I was like, uh, well... Not of, not of course. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know who it was, but I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't put two and two together. I should have. Well, one clue was that mm-hmm. when Evan started dating Marilyn, she began dressing and looking like Dita Von Teese, who is Marilyn Manson's ex-wife. Yeah, she's very hot topic pinup. Yeah, she wasn't that before and then she became that when she started dating Marilyn Manson so it was like ah he was probably controlling her Mm -hmm. looks to what she wore and then the hint of all hints which you probably miss this came in 2009 uh, when Marilyn said in an interview with Spin Magazine that after one of his breakups with Evan he called her 158 times and had fantasies about killing her I am not Tom Hanks in the Da Vinci Code. Far from it. 
So, yeah, that was the hint of all hints. I mean, he later said, you know, it's just like rock star fantasy talk, whatever. But he said it. So cut to this week when Evan wrote this note on Instagram. The name of my abuser is Brian Warren, Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. He started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I am here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with the many victims who will no longer be silent. So after she posted that, she got a lot of love and support and also inspired other women to come forward and tell their stories about Marilyn Manson. So at least six women also said that Marilyn abused, controlled, and groomed them and made them fearful fearful for their lives. One woman said that she heard that when others tried to tell their story about Marilyn Manson, their pets would end up dead. So she was fearful to say anything. That's fucking scary. Like, I know it's always scary to, like, name your abuser. Like, that's that's an extremely brave thing to do. But when you also have the fear that maybe one of your pets is going to go missing, that's really scary. Or he's going to do something to you. Yeah, so a lot of them lived in fear. And then when Evan came out with her story, they, they... were inspired to do so as well. And Rose McGowan, who dated Marilyn Manson, said that she supports Evan and the other women and that Marilyn never abused her, but that has no bearing on his other relationships. True. So usually when a piece of trash is accused of abuse, he either does what Shia LaBeouf, who was accused of abuse, did and apologize and say, you know, he's had his troubles and he's going to get help. Mm-hmm. Or he does what Army Hammer did and calls it lies. Or he posts Bible verses, right? <laughs> Those are usually the three. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marilyn Manson went with the army, went the army route. Uh, I won't read his whole statement, but he basically denied the accusations, said that his art and life has always been a magnet for controversies, and that his personal relationships have always been consensual and like-minded, and claims about him are distortions of reality. Ooh, that's gaslighting. (laughs) But that denial didn't do much for Marilyn Manson because he was dropped by his record label. He was dropped by his record label real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, His talent agency dropped him. Two shows he was in, Creepshow and American Gods, also dropped his ass. Uh, And California Senator Susan Rubio asked the Attorney General and the FBI Director to look into the allegations. Mm-hmm. And obviously, because like statute of limitations are, you know, what they are, it, there there is a chance that some of them fall within the statute of limitations. So yeah, some of them are, are some of them, there might be some more recent than this, but mm-hmm. one I read was from 2015. So that is within. Yeah, I read that one too. And I was like, ooh, that could be. And also her allegations were like, it's so, it's, I mean, it's not, I was going to say, it's so crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, obviously abusers use a pattern when they abuse people, but all of the stories were like exactly the same. Did yeah, they were very that? similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, every- yeah, they all fat. Yeah, they have a pattern of abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, yeah, it shouldn't be a surprise because obviously that he wasn't being too creative. He was just doing the same thing over and over again. But, um, but I mean, that's kind of good though, because then it sort of like, 
uh, validates for some people. You know, when like if you go through abuse and then let's say you start second guessing yourself being like, oh, did it actually happen like that? Or like, you know what I mean? Your brain starts playing tricks on you. They can actually read stuff now and be like, oh, no, that exactly happened to me as well. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of victim blamers who are like, well, didn't you listen to the lyrics in his music? And it's like, bitch, it's a song and that's art. And also a lot of them said like he groomed them. He made them feel like he was perfect boyfriend material mm-hmm. and, and made them believe that, you know, that's not who he is. And then the real him allegedly came out. Yeah, for sure. When I think of Marilyn Manson, I think of, well, obviously I think of like high school because there was uh, like tons of kids in my high school who loved Marilyn Manson. I was of that age. Um, but I also like, I always think of, um, his part in Bowling for Columbine. So, like, I wouldn't call him the hero of that movie, but I would say he does have this, like, very profound scene where he's talking to Michael Moore and he, like, gives this, like, thoughtful and compassionate response to the students. And it's, like, you know, it's, like, a very, it's a very poignant scene. And now it's, like, no, you suck too. Like, that, <laughs> that scene from Bowling for Columbine is, like, no, you're an asshole as well. Like, none of that matters anymore. Like, it, anyways. Yeah. And spe- like I, what I have to apologize to someone. I need to apologize to Josh Saviano, who okay. played Paul Pfeiffer on The Wonder Years, because for years and years and years, I made jokes about how Marilyn Manson played Paul Pfeiffer. They were the same person. Mm-hmm. Paul Pfeiffer does not deserve that. No, Paul Pfeiffer has he has a lasting legacy. It's a good legacy. Yeah. Obladi Oblada, he doesn't deserve that. Obladi Oblad don't deserve that. He mm-hmm. Obladi Oblad don't deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the title of this episode. Now we're going to move on to something lighter. Well, lighter than the first story. But um, so right now in America, people are getting the COVID 19 vaccine. You're getting it in Canada too, right? We sort of are, our country kind of botched the rollout of it. So, Oh, it's a clusterfuck here. It's probably a clusterfuck <laughs> anywhere. A couple people have it. I don't know anyone personally that has it, but I've been told it exists. Yeah. So, so it's the rollout is happening. And in New York City, the vaccine is available to frontline workers, essential workers, teachers, grocery store employees, childcare workers, people working in homeless shelters, public transit transit employees, and people over 65. Mm -hmm. So one SoulCycle instructor, if you don't know what SoulCycle is, it's like a spin class studio. It's like very popular. Very popular, yeah. So she's a SoulCycle instructor to the stars. (laughs) She jumped the line, got the vaccine, and now she's sorry. So this instructor is named Stacy Griffith. She runs classes in New York City, and celebrities like Oprah and Kelly Ripa have taken her class, which is why everyone's calling her, like, celebrity favorite, soul cycle instructor, which yeah, they're she- like, uh, Oprah's like, uh, why are you bringing me into this? She's like, I haven't taken a soul cycle class in 11 months. Leave me alone. <laughs> so Stacy is 52. She's not a frontline worker, or she doesn't do any of those other jobs I listed. But sneaky-ass Stacy. Uh, she pulled some sneaky moves and claimed she's an educator to get the vaccine. <laughs> no, no shame. And edu- oh, well, to be fair, Michael, you said she's not a frontline worker, but 
the setup of Soul Cycle is that all the bikes are in a lineup and she is at the front of the lineup. So in in the most technical terms, she it she works on the front of a line. Okay, yeah. That, well, that's what she should have said then. She should have. She didn't. She fucked up. She <laughs> totally fucked up. She should have went with that one. So not only did she lie to get the vaccine early, she bragged about it on Instagram. Although, to be fair to her, she, I don't think she figured she was doing anything wrong. So she posted a picture of herself getting the shot, getting the vaccine, and wrote, Vaccine Day, all caps. Uh, Step one of the Moderna magic. One hour drive to Staten Island worth every minute. It takes a village. And then she also wrote about how now she can teach spin class with a little more faith. By the way, she's a master instructor and reportedly makes $800 a class. What? Yes. It's claimed that she makes $800. Well, it costs like what? $40 a class? I've never taken it, but I don't know. I haven't been to a gym in years. Yeah, and I don't. I've never taken a spin class. Mm-mm. So yeah, I think it's like thirty to forty dollars a class. So of course, Stacy got a lot of shit because many in the current groups that are to be vaccinated have yet to be vaccinated. And when the Daily Beast asked her for a comment, she said she's an educator, uh, and that her getting vaccinated will stop the spread and that she didn't pay any money or call in favors to get the vaccine. She said she did it the way everyone else has by filling out a questionnaire. And she kept saying that like she's a teacher. And when the Daily Beast asked if that means other Soul Cycle instructors are going to get the vaccine, she said absolutely not. So sorry other Soul Cycle instructors, you're not a teacher. No, the group not teaching shit yeah. here. Yeah. But I mean, she like says that she didn't like jump the line or do anything shady, but it's like, yeah, you did because you filled out a questionnaire. And when it said job, you put teacher, you're that you need to be more specific than that. Well, like you said, technically, she's teaching people how to what do they even do in spin class? How to spin? Yeah, like pedal their feet. I will. Oh, and like go and um, sing along to Jennifer Lopez songs while you're spinning, like to Ibiza, Morocco. Yeah. And they like, I. <laughs> I only know that from like watching reality shows. What spin classes look like? <laughs> yeah, they're like. There's a lot of ah, pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of pitbull blasting. A lot of like, yeah, fists in the air. To be fair, I mean, does pitbull make a situation better or worse? It makes it better, I would argue, but that's just me and my terrible taste of music. Um, but the uh, like the thing though is like her putting down teacher. They sh- like. I know that the people who are doling out the vaccines, they have too much work ahead of them. Like, they can't be double-checking shit on people's forms. But if somebody had asked, like, one que- one more question to be like, you're a teacher. What school do you teach in? And they then, might have. Yeah, but I'm then like, what? I don't know. What'd she say? The school of life? The school University of Soul Cycle. University of SC. And they're like, oh, oh University of South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> they're like, wow, you traveled far. So she deleted the post um, because, like I said, got a lot of shit. And then she first, like, cried about how everyone's so negative and mean and she's just trying to do the right thing. But she eventually apologized because SoulCycle was probably like, "Uh, you have to apologize. (laughs) And said that she made a terrible error in judgment and she's sorry. 
Uh, SoulCycle said they play no role in organizing vaccine appointments for their employees, and Stacy did it on her own. Oh my gosh, SoulCycle is like, we want to clear this up because we want people to stop saying SoulCycle instructor gets the vaccine through a scammy way. They're like, we want to stick, we want people to start calling you by your name. We don't want the business in there at all. You know what? I mean, really, she should have. Like, obviously, saying that she was an educator worked for her. Um, if it hadn't worked, she probably could have also tried to pass herself off as a religious leader. Because she would have been like, well, I have a congregation that needs me. I'm spiritual. I guess you could say I'm all about souls. Cycling through those souls. If you, like, go through her Instagram. Like, that's why she probably truly believes, like, I'm a teacher and I count as a teacher in this context mm -hmm. because if you go through her instagram it feels like stacy feels like she's right up there with like dr fauci like she's she's like she writes things like how she's changing lives in such compassionate ways and how she and i'm like girl you teach spin <laughs> listen she's the dr fauci of bicycles yeah i mean i people probably love you and love your class but get over yourself <laughs> And doesn't SoulCycle do like virtual classes? That's what I was going to say. I'm like, spin classes are like, I mean, maybe that's more Peloton. No, Peloton I think they do. I think, yeah, like Peloton, Peloton, has, Peloton has a really good uh, business platform, though, because it's very conducive to staying in your house and keeping people safe. See, Peloton should have released a statement being like, we would have never jumped the line because we like to keep you safe by keeping you in your own home. We don't make you come to a class. And those instructors, they become like stars. The Peloton ones, yes. there needs to be a Peloton reality podcast. show. Oh, Peloton! <laughs> I want a Peloton reality show because sometimes I see them like on People magazine, and it's like so and so a Peloton. I was like, what the fuck? They're like <laughs> <laughs> my my friend uh, has a Peloton and she has favorite teachers. One of her te one of her um, teachers, I think, played LMFAO one time and she's like, I don't think they're my favorite anymore. Did the teacher cross the line? They picked, yeah, they picked their music. Yeah, I had a friend too that took Peloton in New York and she said, you know, sometimes someone would uh, sit next to her or whatever and they tell her like, yeah, I'm from Florida or whatever. I really love this instructor. So I like they she like traveled to New York just to take a live class <gasps> with that instructor. Yeah, they're like rock stars. I don't know about Soul Cycle. Stacy Griffith thinks she is, but I don't know if they're like on that same level as Peloton. I don't I don't care about the Peloton instructor. I want to be friends with the person who has enough money to travel to see her favorite Peloton instructor. Well, you don't know if she had enough money, she might have saved. Or she might have major credit card <laughs> debt. That too, yeah. But you know, with this Stacy thing, with all that being said, at least she got vaccinated. Yeah, we can't hate her for that. <laughs> She's protected. Good for Stacy. Not great the way she went about it. Okay, so moving on from one piece of technology and science, which is the vaccine, to another one, which is, and this is like something that I have a, I'm going to have a real hard time explaining this because a vaccine, I understand. But spinach sending emails is something I don't, I still don't get. So oh, yeah, I read this article and I was like, my, uh, my brain was not built for this. Mm -mm, my brain no. turned into a spinach frittata. It was not, 
but yeah. but I think I'm going to put on my um, science hat. They wear hats, right? And sure, yeah. When they're cold. I'm putting on my lab coat right now. I'm Bill Nye, the science guy. So um, the scientific study kind of became popular on the internet this week. And it's a study from 2016. So this is almost five years old at this point. But um, I don't know why it wasn't a huge thing in 2016. Maybe we're just all sidetracked with the election. But anyway, so it's a study and it kind of like, so I guess someone discovered it on the internet and then people were sharing it around being like, what the hell is this? So it's an, uh, it's a scientific study called Nitro aromatic detection and infrared. And you lost me. You already lost me. I'm nitro, already like but playing Candy Crush on my phone. <laughs> didn't I hook you with nitro? Don't can't you? Isn't nitro the stuff that's in a whipped cream canister? That you can oh, get that you from? do. That you do at college you whip parties. It. Yeah. yeah. No two. I'm not sure. <laughs> Again, not a scientist. So it's called nitro aromatic detection and infrared communication from wild type plants using plant nanobionics. So this is a study that was um, uh, created by researchers at MIT and the University of California, Riverside. So Euronews, uh, the outlet Euronews, spoke to the researchers, you know, five years after they published this study being like, okay, people found this study, we need to ask you some questions because it's so weird. So the one of the scientists behind the study, uh, a gentleman named Michael... Popeye? Yes, it's Popeye. Was Popeye Popeye the main scientist? Yeah. Yeah, Popeye and who else likes spinach? Just Popeye, the I guess. The Jolly Green Giant? The Jolly... Oh, he is made He's of He's green beans. He's green beans, I oh, think. Oh, okay. He's got like a loincloth of spinach. Yeah, just Professor Popeye. Yeah, exactly. He, his whole thing... He's got that brand on lock. So Michael Strano, this uh, scientist, explained that plants are good chemists because they're always bringing water and chemicals up from their roots. They have an extensive root network so they can sense impending droughts and stuff like this like i'm not i'm nodding like i i know what you're talking about yeah. and i do not it's okay. like when you're at a party and someone's talking and, <laughs> and you're like, like mm-hmm. you're you're like you're yeah. hot i'm gonna listen to you're you like, but... hmm. interesting that's crazy <laughs> that's oh wow tell me more <laughs> but like if i've if i learned anything from uma thurman in batman and robin it's that plants are smart. Plants yes. can do stuff. So that's what these scientists are, were saying was like, okay. plants are smart. Their roots okay. are smart. So they're like, let's figure out if we can use plants in a way where they can communicate with us to let us know. Like when that scientist said, like, plants can uh, sense when a drought is going to happen. Okay. He's like, let's see if we can figure out if we can get plants to communicate with us. And I mean, it'd be really easy if plants could talk, but they don't. So they need to well, do something if, else. Well, if you take the right edible, they might. It's true, but yeah. all those scientists taking edibles, I don't think they'd get any work done. Yeah, Someone's no. got to be the sober one. So how it's explained is like this, sort of. So when the spinach roots detect the presence of nitroaromatics in groundwater, so like a chemical thing, right? The carbon nanotubes within the plant, so basically like the the things that produce the carbon, right? Like the plants can produce stuff. Like that's how we breathe, right? Is because we okay. breathe in the stuff that the plants mm-hmm. are giving. We give the plant stuff. So mm-hmm. they will emit stuff from their leaves. They emit a signal. These signals are read by an infrared camera. And those cameras take that data and they send an email alert to the scientists. So the, the spinach isn't actually typing on a computer. So this went, this went viral because... 
because they it's they discovered that spinach what that spinach is sending emails okay so it went viral because it's like these spinaches pardon me spinach plants (laughs) all the spinach is sending um emails to these scientists so they would say like spinach they chose spinach because um spinach has lots of iron we know this from popeye it has lots of iron and nitrogen in it which are apparently elements that um can like be used as like catalysts they could like uh work between each other and stuff okay so spinach are good plants because they have lots of these um nutrients that can send off lots of the signals that turn into emails so then the scientists would be getting emails being like there's a lot of um like whatever and there could be a drought or the soil could be tainted or you know um there could be too much um dirt in the soil or something like you know yeah. what i mean like our science. professor popeye is eating me again yes help yeah, yeah help. the email is just SOS. like help help i'm getting eaten popeye's yeah. getting strong but i'm getting and not eaten. in a sexy way so um they can also okay so the sign in this study they also said too that like um you can turn spinach into things called nano sheets so you basically like wash and juice and grind the spinach into a powder and then they can turn that powder into a nano sheet and nano sheets can help cell phone batteries last longer so spinach are like the kings of emails and text messages they're like they can do all kinds of communication they're a woman for the 21st century (laughs) yeah so but the, the crazy thing is though like the spinach are sending emails Michael. What? No, like they're sending emails. Like, oh, I thought well. you were saying like... <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, the spinach are sending emails, Michael. Unlike you, who hasn't replied to the email I sent you last week. No, you're very good at responding to emails. You are like spinach. You're really good at communication. But I want to know, though, they didn't explain this in the um, study, okay? They didn't explain what the spinach's email addresses were and if the spinach get to choose their own email address. Also, I would like to know how soon before the spinach starts sending like scams. scams. Yeah, like a scientist gets like an email being like, hello, my dear. They're going to start catfishing us. Oh my God, the spinach Spinach fishing, spinach fishing. The spinach are going to be on like 90 day fiance. <laughs> like I met someone beautiful, but you know it's like, and everybody made the same joke about how like spinach are like better at emailing than our parents. <laughs> yes, but my mom is actually not the worst with yeah, email. That yeah, that joke I think is a wrong joke because I think that some parents are very good at emails. What she's not that great with uh, when it comes to emails is like tone because she. She, everyone she emails probably thinks they're, she's like mad at them because she doesn't use the very important exclamation point. No. And I'm always like, you need to use more exclamation points. Just add one. Just sprinkle it in there because it'll make you sound happy. Because <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. So do the spinach, do they know that? They got to put an exclamation point after each sentence. If they don't, maybe your mom can swing by the farm and let them know like give them an etiquette class oh no she needs to know too they need to learn together but one thing my mom does need to learn and i hope spinach learns this too that they know um is how to click an email as read what's that like whenever i i 
I always have to do things on her phone because she doesn't know how to like add an app or whatever. Okay. So whenever I look at her phone and I look at the mail icon, it's like 10 billion unread. It's oh. literally the the number is literally falling off the screen. It's oh. like oh, no. so many emails. Michael, I'm called out. My phone right now has um, a red bubble with 605. Oh no! Well, that's that's a lot, but my mom probably has like six hundred and five thousand. <laughs> oh, she gotta it, read them. So many, and then like so a lot of other older people have that too. Like on their phones, like nine million unread. There should be a game show like that. You can be on that game show. So can spinach. Yeah. No, the winner will receive a uh, email teaching class from spinach, since they obviously are already masters of this. Allison and I will now get into five stories, starting with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton has done so much for us that she deserves every award imaginable. But she said on the Today Show that the Trump administration offered her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and she turned it down twice. So she said that she turned it down the first time because her husband was sick, and the second time was because she didn't want to travel with COVID going around. President Joe Biden has already offered to give her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, but she doesn't know if she'll take it because she doesn't really want to get political and she doesn't know if she deserves it. And by the way, Dolly Parton's sister, Stella Parton, is totally against Trump. So if Dolly took it from him, she'd get hell from Stella. Hella from Stella. (laughs) You don't want hella from Stella. Um, You know... I know that Dolly says she doesn't want to get political and I believe her. Dolly is a person of the people. Like Dolly really is a representative for everyone. But I also think part of her really didn't want to take um, a medal from Trump. And it's to me, it's because Dolly has famously said that it takes a lot of money to look as cheap as her. And like, you can't argue it standing next to Trump would cheapen her brand and her brand is already cheap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She totally just made an excuse like, oh, my husband was sick. Blame it on the husband we never see. I had to wash my wig that day. But like I said, Dolly deserves every award. But the Presidential Medal of Freedom needs Dolly more than Dolly needs it. Because Dolly is a flawless jewel. So giving her that medal is like putting tinfoil on a diamond. A really gorgeous diamond with big tits. A diamond with big tits. Gorgeous tits. So every show is getting a revival nowadays, and now it's Frasier's turn. TV Line says that Paramount Plus is looking at reviving Frasier with Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce. The best parts of Frasier, John Mahoney and Eddie can't be in it since they're no longer with us. So because of this news, I ask you, Allison, what is a show you think should be revived? No joke. Okay, so I took a cue from Frasier and I figured if we're going to be digging into the NBC must TV graveyard, for me personally, and this is no joke, it should be Veronica's Closet. That is the show that I would want rebooted. I don't really need much changed about it. It can still be a show about a lingerie company. This time around, I mean, every reboot is a little bit different, right? So the difference this time could be like... 
100% less Kirstie Alley. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Kirstie Alley, can, her character can be replaced by anyone. If it's about lingerie, maybe it's Rihanna, who also owns a lingerie company. She would be a great, her sidekick would be Kathy and Jimmy. I think that would be a great uh, pairing. Also, I think we all can agree, Dan Cortez deserves a TV comeback. So that's why my pick is Veronica's Closet with that one little asterisk that's like, don't, don't reboot it with Kirstie Alley. So Riri's Closet. Was her name Veronica on the show? Yeah. Okay, so Riri's Closet. Yeah, or anyone's closet, but Veronica's. Or like, yeah. maybe it's a new Veronica. I'm going to leave it up to NBC. Michael, what would you reboot? Okay, my choice, is, it's a primetime soap opera mm-hmm. from Aaron Spelling called 2000 Malibu Road. It yes. only ran for one season in 1992. Mm-hmm. It starred Lisa Hartman, Black, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Beals, Tuesday Night, and Michael T. Weiss. Now, it was only six episodes long, but it was riveting. And the reason why I think it should be revived is because it ended on a bunch of cliffhangers. Well, yeah, it was only six episodes in. Well, they could have... They could have wrapped it up somehow. They could have given us a, a movie of the week where they wrapped it up. They didn't even do that. So we had, I have no idea what happened after these cliffhangers. So we didn't get any kind of ending. And the two of us who watch it, who watched it, deserve, you know, deserve an ending. We deserve it. So interior designer Megan Weaver, she's also on TV. She was in Flipping Out. Uh, was on a podcast called Behind the Velvet Rope with David Yontef and said that in the 90s, she worked for Leonardo DiCaprio. And she said his mom was so nice to her and let her stay at Leonardo's beach house in Malibu one weekend. Megan brought her boyfriend, who didn't know it was Leonardo DiCaprio's beach house, but figured it out when they walked in and there was Titanic stuff everywhere. So Megan says there was Titanic posters, Titanic robes, and Titanic towels, but she called it tasteful. And she said it wasn't Leonardo's main house, so she thinks his mom must have decorated it, and it was right after Titanic came out. But did he get to keep that door? Or that what's Kate Winslet kept that door, huh? That's like that feels like a very uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines thing to do is to put like a weathered old door inside the house. Yeah, just put the words like I could have fit on this with you, Rose. Yeah, in like, like black in script lettering. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, I think that yeah, I'm kind of in agreement. I think it's probably like Leo's mom like decorated the beach house cuz she's just like so proud of him, but they he probably decided to redecorate it when he kind of like as the years go on and he realized that every girl he was bringing over was like what's this movie? Titanic. Oh yeah, that was my mom's favorite movie in high school. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, whatchamacallit, the candy bar by Hershey, now has a sister because Hershey has released a spin-off candy bar of whatchamacallit called Who's It What's It? And it's layers of peanut butter cream over rice crisps and covered with milk chocolate. Now, this isn't that original because Hershey's also had a whatchamacallit spinoff back in the day called Thingamajig, and it was basically peanut butter and chocolate, too. So they're basically doing Thingamajig wrong. Mm -hmm. They're not fooling anyone. And who's a what's is a horrible name. It sounds like a zit cream. 
Who's it? What's it? Yeah, I like, get it. Like, who's it? What's it? Because you use the cream and it makes the zit go away. So, like, what's it? Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. So I heard that, like, a lady, um, like, a fan wrote in and got to pick the name. So well, yeah, they had a contest. They had, like, 40,000 yeah. entries. They had a contest, like, name this. So she, de- she definitely should have saved that name and taken it to, like, clear a cell and been like, you can buy this incredible name off of me because it's a really good name for a zit cream. But um, I really hope that Hershey's expands their line and then introduces a bar called Why Did I Buy So Many of These? Followed by another one called Where Are My Sweatpants? These are all one word, by the way. <laughs> it's hard. It was really hard to transition this joke into an audio format. I'll say that much. <laughs> as long as they all have a theme song like Whatchamacallit did. Did you just say Gal Gadot? Yeah, Gal Gadot. Yeah, that's the 2021 that, version. That's the next candy bar, yeah. <laughs> okay. And we talked about this on the podcast before, but... Um, a court in Ireland declared that Subway's bread cannot legally be called bread because it has too much sh- sugar in it. And now a lawsuit has been filed in California against Subway, and it claims that lab tests showed that their tuna is not tuna at all. It's not even fish. It's a mixture of various concoctions. Subway denies this, saying that not only is their tuna tuna, but it's wild caught. Thank you very much. Have you ever had a tuna sandwich at Subway? Michael, that's all I order at Subway. Really? I love the tuna sub. I also sometimes get a Subway club, but I really do like the tuna sub. And I will say I eat a lot of shitty tuna. And it's definitely tuna. And if it's not tuna, it's pretty damn close to tuna. It's delicious. Well, I think like it was probably that one Subway maybe. Oh, yeah. Somebody, they were definitely like shredding up newspapers or something. It's There's a lot of mayo in it. So, I mean, the mayonnaise can cover up pretty much anything. Have you ever had a Subway tuna sandwich? No. Oh, Michael, it's good. It's delicious. I'm very, uh, tuna, I'm not so sure about sometimes. So, <laughs> tuna in a Subway, no, I couldn't do it. You got to go to a good Subway. You can tell from the A outside. good Subway? I'm like, is this a Michelin, do, is this the Michelin star Subway? Well, if you see a rat running across the floor, don't get a tuna sandwich from there. But if Isn't that at every subway? Yeah, that's true. It's mailbag time. This is where Allison and I answer questions from you, the listener. So we've got two questions this week. The first one is from Lisa, who writes... What's the first vacation you'll take after receiving your vaccine, assuming you haven't traveled in the past year? I can't wait to take my son to Chicago to see the dinosaurs at the Field Museum. That's that's very sweet. So to answer Lisa's question, I haven't been anywhere since COVID started. Like, I've I've been on a drive. That's it. That's like the farthest I've gone. I haven't gone anywhere. So for me, I already know exactly where I'm going when things open up again i'm going to michigan specifically the east side of like the thumb of the mitten in michigan so i have like family that lives um across the bridge from michigan in canada and so at at one point in time i was going to michigan like maybe at least like five times a year i love michigan and um I, like, can't wait to go. And when I say I love Michigan, I mean, like, I'm going to 
Port Huron. I'm going to Fort Gratiot. I might swing down to Marysville. If there's time, I'm going to Novi or Sterling Heights. And I might go to Frankenmuth if I want to sleep over. But I'm going specifically to go to Target and Olive Garden and Cheesecake Factory. Maybe getting a Coney Island hot dog. Because I like that's the thing that I miss so much about. Well, I mean, obviously, I miss my friends. I miss like dining in restaurants. I miss all that stuff, like the normal stuff. But I really miss getting to go to America. Like, I love America. I love you guys. <laughs> not all not all Americans. I, I miss going to America. I do. I miss America. I yeah. love it. I love America. You're like Anita from West Side Story. You're yeah. the the white Anita from West Side Story. The I white am, Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, everything's pretty in Target. Yeah. I would like to go to Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. Is like, I and like, I have, um I've got family that like, they live right on the like, on the uh like right next to the bridge and they say the same thing they're like i can't wait to go to target again it's it's wild it's like because we can't buy anything online from target in canada it feels like a very kind of foreign place and so yeah that's where i'm going is i'm, I'm going to america yeah as soon as it's second shot hits i'm across that bridge america watch out exactly target watch out mm-hmm. michael where are you gonna go I don't know. I I had a dream. I had a dream that yeah. I went to El Salvador. That's where my mom grew up. And it was so vivid. And I've never been. And I have family there. So I thought, well, maybe that's a sign. But I also had a dream that I went to China. And it was very vivid. So basically, like, it's a small world in my head. I just want to go everywhere. And, you know, why do I need to go anywhere when it's in my dreams, Allison, really? Just close just my close eyes, eyes and I'm there. Save yourself some money. It's free to dream. It's unless they're charging you for stuff in your dream. That, but you know what though? Okay. I am like a big believer in dreams. And I really do think that that is your, that's like your brain and your soul telling you that you need to go to El Salvador. But yeah, El Salvador or China, like, or you know what? Just even the movie theater down the street, because I miss like sitting in a dark theater with a bunch of strangers listening to them, you know, smacking on their popcorn. Open mouth sounds. Yeah. Yeah. We miss what we miss. So our next question comes from Madeline. She writes, I'm wondering if you guys read the comments on post. And if you do, if you have favorite commenters. Do you read the comments on your delisted posts, so Allison? I can't, I can't remember if we've like talked about this before on the podcast or not. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I like pop in and I take the temperature. Oh, really? I don't think you ever did. Okay, so I used to in the beginning when I first started writing for delisted. I used to, and then, um, like, someone, like, might drag me, and I would get really, <laughs> I'd get, like, bummed out about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I got over it. But, no, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just, like, sometimes I pop into the comments of, like, all of our posts, just because I'm, like, I wonder what, I wonder what the commenters have to say about this as well. Yeah, it's a good way to f- figure out if you're moving in the right direction. <laughs> kind of. Because sometimes yeah. I'm, like, not. Yeah, sometimes I need feedback. I mean, I read them. Do you have a favorite one? A favorite commenter? You know what? This is going to sound corny as hell, but I absolutely mean this from the bottom of my heart. I like all the commenters. I really do. Like, Then you haven't read all the comments. Well, no, listen. <laughs> no, obviously there are some where I'm like, okay, this person, this person needs to be banned ASAP. But um, no, like generally, though, I mean, some people are very funny. And or they've got like very interesting kind of takes on stuff. But yeah, no, it's like, I'm serious. I like all the commenters. It's a community. Do you? (laughs) 
Well, I read I read the comments, not mm-hmm. all. I read a lot of them uh, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite commenter of all time has to be Delisted's first regular commenter, and I wish I knew her name, <laughs> but I do not. But I remember, like, this is when I got no hits, right? And she would comment like every single post and I would like write back to her and then she'd write back to me. And so she it will always be my favorite because she was like, I'm like, oh my God, somebody cares. Yeah, what a fucking angel. That's so nice. So I love her. Um, there's a commenter called Suck and Fuck who's been around forever. Uh-huh. I love him. And I especially love the commenters who write, who cares? Nobody <laughs> cares about this. <laughs> I do love I it. I love a, those comments. That's a it's a great attitude. I like that. <laughs> Next, <laughs> yes, yeah, I love it. Or just, slow just... news day. <laughs> yes. Also, I love it when it's on something where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is a slow news day. <laughs> yeah, you clocked me. You clocked me. Yeah. So that ends our mailbag, and that ends this show. Um, thanks to everyone who sent in a question. And if you've got one for us, email it in at dtp at delisted.com. So till next week. Bye.